I was scrolling down my Facebook timeline, man, yeah. and it said snakes have legs. No. Yeah. I gotta go tell everybody. Yeah, you you go tell everybody, man, because it's true. Mm-hmm. Whoa, are you a snake? Yeah, man, I'm a snake. I heard that you have legs, man. That's some dumb shit. Uh, Did you get this information from a reputable news source? Uh, yes, it was called the Daily Testicle. The Daily Testicle. Yes. You believe something from the Daily Testicle. I did. And you think this is true because... I read it on the internet. You read it on the internet, right. Yes. Uh, you should stop that forever. Stop the internet? No, just stop being dumb on the internet. Uh The internet is an amazing tool that could be used for amazing things, Uh but you should stop being an idiot on it. Unfriend. Snakes have legs. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you. Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man. Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing guy. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't die. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Weekly Dose for February 14th, 2018. Well, would you look at that? Today is Valentine's Day. Isn't that exciting? Appreciate you guys finding the most listened to, the most downloaded, the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Like, share, and always love. Rate and review if you get a chance. This is the supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone On Air Podcast. So I got bored the other day and started playing around with some audio. I pass time often by just editing audio. It's kind of the dork side of me. And um, I got to thinking I'd like to make a bunch of new opens and have a different open every week. It's pretty time-consuming. It takes a little while unless you already have all your, you know, your ammo or your clips already, you know, taken care of for you. Then it's pretty easy to put it together. But I don't have that, and I am the host, the executive producer, the associate producer, the receptionist, the janitor. You get it, that kind of thing. And um, so I thought, what? I couldn't think of any things. I, often I timestamp in my mind or in my memo notes in my phone or uh, on on my you know pieces of paper over here where I keep uh, uh, different news and notes. Like if I hear something or I, I'm watching a show and I and something that's like, oh, boom, perfect clip right there. And then I'll go to Hulu and I'll, I'll find it and then I'll, I'll grab it from there. Um, but I hadn't had any of those recently and, and I was kind of out of, of ammunition, as I'll call it. And I got to thinking, OK, well, who's what's a popular character that's just that's got a Brian that'll be recognizable that I can quickly, you know, snap, 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 quickly find some stuff. Well, of course. Family guy, the dog, Brian. So with just a few minutes to uh, just kind of sift through some of the uh, YouTube clips, I found some uh, some stuff talking to the dog, which strung together in that little open don't really make any sense all that much, but I thought it was close to funny. So anywho, that's what that's all about. Uh, let's see, a couple of, a couple of three different um, uh, subject matters I'm going to get to today. 
And it's all about me for the most part, which is a little selfish of me, but I'll explain more in just a few minutes. But yes, today is Valentine's Day. I am not a Valentine's Day hater. Uh, I am also not a celebrator of it, meaning like I'm not going to theme the show around it and try to come up with quirky stories of love or play love stinks or love hurts or anything you know, cliched and stupid like that. I'll let the boring radio stations uh, do that. Um, I will just say it is it's only a matter of uh, of circumstance, I think, for the most part, a psychiatrist might tell me otherwise, um, but it is more times than not in my life. I have been single around Valentine's Day. Now, I'm perpetually single. A lot of people probably, you know, put a weird eye to that, think there's something wrong with me or whatever. But for the most part, I have only I can only remember celebrating with using air quotes or acknowledging Valentine's Day probably about two that I can vividly remember and maybe three ones kind of a little fuzzy from many years ago. The most recent one was about four years ago, or was it almost five? No, it was, I think it was four years ago. And again, it's still not something that I spend any time celebrating. And generally speaking, any girl that's gonna you know kind of gel with me is not going to be all overly into that either you know hallmark holidays are not exactly something i'm all that interested in i'm not all that not a hater either you want to do it great have some fun you know the jewelry company's got to make money somehow the uh hallmark company's got to stay in business somehow so i get it but i mean i hardly celebrate real holidays that actually have some kind of uh historical value and meaning behind them i'm certainly not one to usually get too much behind the uh, the Hallmark holidays. And I mean that all the way to Mother's Day and Father's Day and and uh, a lot of these made-up things. And if I was a mom, I know moms and dads take it and handle it a little differently. But anyway, that's what, all I have to say about that. At this point, I'll just leave that right there. Um, as far as the website goes, I've been talking on and off about it for about six months, a little vaguely. I finally fired my web guy. I sent him an email last week, very um, firmly but professionally and uh, calmly said, this is not working out. This has not been a satisfactory arrangement. And any, because uh, we were still in the middle of the project, I've already paid him some money. And technically, upon finishing the project, I would owe him more money. And I just said, uh, in not so many words, that's not going to happen. Or I guess in more words than that, but put out again in a professional manner. I got a response back from him that was, while still professional, still a little uh, immature. And that's, I think, part of the problem here is I, I went for a young guy hoping to get an innovative mind, somebody who would, could think outside of a different box than I'm already trying to think outside of. I, I didn't want to go with somebody my age or older who might have some of the same, I don't know, outlooks on, on design and, I don't know, it's just not my world. So I decided to, to go young, and I think that was a, uh, a poor choice, at least in this situation, I was uh, referred to this person by somebody who was referred to me by the collab. I'm not being a hater. I'm just saying that that arrangement did not work out at all. So I put a, a, a pin in that, but the response he gave back to me was kind of, without exactly saying it, not it's your fault, but if I had gotten with him in a different manner, things would have been be something like that. And that gets me to my next point where I assume this show is about me. And I sent him a message back, an email back. This one less professional, meaning not formal, like not hello, Josh, and sincerely, Brian. This was just a very straight to the point. I wish I actually should have printed it off, but I'll paraphrase it. That, dude, what you should have done was thanked me for my time, wished me well on my future endeavors, and that would have been a very good way to have put the end of this. I said, my entire life is my show prep, man. 
and I might have just come up with my next subject matter. And he responded, well, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to come across that way. I hope you make it huge with your show. And he spelled it wrong. It, it was stupid. The guy doesn't know what I'm trying to do. That was a bad, it was a bad fit. I'm not mad. I'm not even going to tell you his name because I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not trying to go down that road. But transition to what I'm meaning here, this show's about me, is that I'm betting on myself in a lot of instances. And that's a, that's a big gamble because a lot of people don't give a shit about me. And a lot of people think I'm, you know, an arrogant asshole, I'm sure. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. I don't want people to think that, but I'm okay with it. So I just, that's why I want, I was like, dude, you just need to be careful what you do and don't say to people because you might be the topic of the next show. And I think that's been why they were hesitant to hire me at this radio station I work for because I didn't want to be show fodder. Well, if you don't, if you treat people well and professionally, you're not going to be show fodder. And so today I have three things, two are kind of the same with two different examples, but three examples of things going on in my life that I have created three different segments out of that I'll get to here in just a minute. Couple other things as I'll um, just kind of house cleaning and, and get the, from news and notes out of the way here at the front. And uh, the signal, the sneak peek, is this Saturday, the 17th, uh, Saturday night. I am hearing, I haven't got confirmation on this, but hearing the communicators will be doing that 90s show. I'm only hearing this. Now, I'm contradicting my next two segments by telling you something that I hear, but it was from somebody within the uh, the industry that I work, which is closely related with that industry. So I think I can. I can at least, I'll preface it by saying, I'm not sure if that's true. That's funny. I just, I, I caught myself in the act of doing it. This will make more sense as you continue to listen. So that's the 17th. Um, Mike Carter, the uh, representative from, uh, House representative from District 29 in Tennessee, who sponsored the Daylight Savings Time Forever Bill and the emissions uh, a repeal bill, your auto emissions, uh, my, my hero of Tennessee politicians. I reached out to him for an interview. He did not decline. He just didn't respond. So might be able to do that in the future, might not. Uh, one other thing that I've talked about in the last week or two, just to kind of follow up on, the GOP memo. And now it looks like Trump apparently is trying to, or he is blocking the Democrat version of the memo. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody read the damn memo. Then nobody, nobody knows or cares what the memo said, and nobody knows or cares what the Democratic version of it is. Who damn cares? So the final t- couple of segments after the open here, um, the final segment will be, I went to the DMV after I got a speeding ticket, and I'll lay all this out in, uh, in that segment. And the, the experience I got and the perception I walked away with might not be what you'd be expecting to come from me. That'll be in the final segment. And Stone's Throw, what is KISS? It is an acronym. What is K-I-S-S? KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. I'll expand on that in Stone's Throw. But here in the first segment, I wish that I could uh, give attribution to where this came from. Somebody was in my suggested friends to be hooked up with friends, something or other on Facebook, and they had a lot of mutual friends, so I clicked on this person, and this was on their Facebook page. And then it, once I got it, and then I went back to try to figure out who it was, it disappeared, and I don't. So I don't know who this is. It's some kind of comedy uh, duo, maybe, or maybe just a guy. I'm not sure. I'll try to find out to give the full attribution later on. So I'm not trying to steal this off as something like I created. That's not at all what it is. It's just this little stupid, very basic animation of two little like kind of looking little guys, meme looking dudes talking to each other. And um, you heard it at the beginning of the show. Before I get in to uh, this first segment here. I'm going to play it again just because it's it really is uh, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. I was scrolling down my Facebook timeline man, yeah. and it said snakes have legs. No. Yeah. I got to go tell everybody. Yeah, you, you go tell everybody, man, because it's true. 
Whoa, are you a snake? Yeah, man, I'm a snake. I heard that you have legs, man. That's some dumb shit. Uh, Did you get this information from a reputable news source? Uh, yes, it was called the Daily Testicle. The Daily Testicle. Yes. You believe something from the Daily Testicle. I did. And you think this is true because... I read it on the internet. You read it on the internet, right. Yes. Uh, you should stop that forever. Stop the internet? No, just stop being dumb on the internet. Um. The internet is an amazing tool that could be used for amazing things, uh. but you should stop being an idiot on it. Unfriend. Snakes have legs. And I just wish I could give attribution now, but uh, I'll get back to that later on. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It, it, it for a minute made me so happy that Facebook was actually a thing because I wouldn't have been able to see something like that if it wasn't. Now, the flip side of that is things wouldn't be where they were as bad as they are anyway without Facebook. So kind of goes hand in hand. So the other day, a lot of this is going to be a little bit of not shop talk, but uh, conversation that took place at my work. And I, I deal with a lot of people every day. Uh, 17 minimum, probably closer to 20 to 25 different people in a in a one-on-one interaction. And uh, most of them are cool, you know, not all of them, but most of them are tolerable. <laughs> we'll put it that way, tolerable. And sit, dude sits down and he says, uh, uh, he's like, man, uh, did you hear what happened uh, in Udawa? We're already starting off bad here. Did you hear? Uh, no, what's up? He's like, dude, Steve Ray's burned down. Steve Ray's uh, Midnight Oil gas station, convenience store, uh fill station uh, all the way service station and i said whoa whoa what are you talking about it burned down yeah man it burned down to the ground wait you mean there was a fire no no it burned down it's like to to demolish or destroyed wait well when did this happen because it's like one o'clock in the afternoon and while i haven't been you know studying the news at that point or or had all that top headlines up i hadn't even heard a, a a whiff of this so if it happened the night before, I would have been surprised that I hadn't heard about it by now and by the afternoon of the next day. And if it happened recently, like in the last couple hours, then the chances that it burned to the ground is very unlikely because of the obvious reasons. It's the middle of the damn day. There's a fire station not far from there. I can't remember exactly where it is out in Udawal in the Collegedale area. I think, think there's one pretty close. Either way, emergency services would have gotten there quickly, you would think. I mean, unless a, like one of the gas pumps exploded like a damn you know massive bomb and leveled the place, which that wasn't part of the story. So it's like, it sounds like there might have been a fire, but no, man, they said that thing burned down. I said, where'd you hear this? So, oh, I heard it on the radio. What radio station? So, well, Jeff Styles was talking about it. And, and I'm not giving any credibility uh, or, or taking away credibility from Jeff Styles. But this is, again, this is, it's a whisper in the ear, you know, whisper in someone's ear and go around the room and see what it sounds like when it gets back to the other side. And uh, Jeff has a, a, a tendency to speak more authoritatively, even though he doesn't really know what he's talking about. I'll just keep it that way and, and be as, as kind as I can about it. That got me thinking, all right, I need to look at this. So I go, look, yeah, of course, it's, it's a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of damage. It's bad. It's not good. It's, da- it's scary, you know, but it, it's, it's got insurance. We'll get it fixed. We're going to be fine. But that's how that story began. Hey, did you hear that Steve Ray's Midnight Oil in Udawal burned down? <laughs> that, was, that was what was told to me. And this is somebody who knows that I'm in kind of the information business, meaning not necessarily business for everyday work, but, I mean, that's kind of my thing figuring out what's going on and staying on top of it. 
so there there clearly was no concern to make sure that they what they were telling me was accurate. And this goes back to that that concert I was at in Nashville, the Eddie Vedder show. Some people thought it was hilarious. I had a couple people that like just thought it was a riot. Thought it was like a bit. You know, I'm trying to be funny. If you didn't hear that, it was just quickly. It was a guy who said I had my Pearl Jam show shirt on. It was an Eddie Vedder concert, and dude came up to me and said, "Hey, I heard that Pearl Jam's going to be here tonight." And I said, like, I got mad at him. I was like, what are you talking about? Pearl Jam's going to be here. No, 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 no. You Come back here. You can't just tell me that. You have to tell me where this came from. Who said this? Oh, uh, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. That's not good enough. You know, and he, so this guy thinks he's doing People are so starving for gossip and rumor and just something just ju- ju- juicy to chew on. That it doesn't matter. Most people don't care if it's accurate or not. They just want the thrill of knowing, quote unquote, knowing something that other people don't know. That's not me. I want to know the truth. I want to know what's going on. And so therefore, I couldn't go around and ask other people if they had heard this same rumor because then I become as much a part of the problem as the guy who brought it up to me. So that when I found that Facebook thing, that little, you know, snakes have legs, I thought this is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. And it is so true. Next segment, I'm going to be in the same kind of place with just a different example. But this, these are the words, the phrases you need to look out for. And just keep these in mind. If nothing else is just for a case study in what I'm talking about and to, and to help yourself become more aware of when, this, when these things are happening around you. Because sometimes it's, it's just stuff that's really just kind of throwaway. It's not that important until sometimes it actually is. I mean, that's how tweets go out that we're getting bombed in Hawaii that one Saturday. What was it? Take cover. There's about to be a bomb. Or a, or a missile strike or something. Remember that? That kind of stuff happens because of bullshit on the internet, probably. I mean, I, didn't, I don't know the, the specifics of that case exactly. But, but my point is, is sometimes this is throwaway comments like, hey, something got burned down that only had a, you know, just some fire damage. Or sometimes it could be, you know, missile launch. So, but here's some things to be looking out for. Somebody told me, or guess what I heard? Somebody told me this. Hey, you know what I heard was... Somebody said, well, here's what I'm hearing. All those are bad. All those are indications that somebody is about to give you information that they haven't even come close to verifying. Now, I'm all okay with, I don't like it in the workplace or in important environments because I think it can be toxic, but I'm all right with, I get it, the curiosity factor of, of our culture and our society, a little bit of rumor, a little bit of gossip every now and again, isn't going to hurt everything or be an awful, awful thing in every case. But, 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 I would try to stay away from it as much as possible. But if you're going to get into that, like I just caught myself doing at the beginning of the show, if you're going to get into that, preface like hell what you're saying. Go out of your way to be repetitive about how you have no idea whether this is true, but why don't we just discuss it in a hypothetical, semi-educated way and come up with what we seem could be like a plausible outcome of this situation that we have knowledge of or this situation that we have interest in. That that I'm okay with. That I'm not going to beat anybody up over and that I'm not going to make a whole entire damn podcast segment out of. But that's not what anybody's doing. People aren't coming into my, you know, to my to my office area, which is a dual purpose area. It's my office is in the corner and the rest of the room other people use for other things. And so people are coming in and out all the time. And I never have anybody come in and say, hey, man, check this out. I do not know if this is true. Like, I have no idea. I'm not sure. I have not been able to fact check this. But here's what somebody said over at the gas station the other day about one of the guys that works here. Check this out. This is going to be good. All right. Well, I'm a little interested in that. 
I mean, if you want to tell me that, then I can sit around and chew on it myself and decide what to do with that information. But when you just walk in and say, yeah, guess what? Dude's screwing the other chick from the other store, and it is crazy, bro. That's what I heard out there. Oh, man, that's awesome. Or that's terrible. That's funny. Or whatever my reaction is. And then, like, five minutes later, somebody walks in like, hey, man, did you hear what I, I, what I just heard? Dude's screwing this dude. He's gay. You know, whatever. You know, see, you get my point. That's nonsense, and it doesn't need to be happening. So just keep your ears out for any of those things. If you've heard something, I heard this. Guess what I heard? Here's what I'm hearing. Somebody told me. I read somewhere. Here's what I saw. Here's what I read. Stay away from all that mess, man. Stay away from all that mess. And just keep your eye out. I might have ruined it for you. You might start catching this so much in your life it starts to irritate you. You might not have cared until I brought it up. It's one of those like, yeah, you hear that high-pitched noise? Well, I didn't until you pointed it out. You know, you don't get the song stuck in your head until someone mentions it. That kind of thing. Um, But I think it's important, and if you know anybody close to you and you hear them saying that, try to, in some kind of really kind and helpful way, suggest that they not do that anymore. Just like that dude just said in the the little clip. Uh, you should stop that forever. Stop the internet? No, just stop being dumb on the internet. Just stop being dumb on the internet is incredible advice and try not to be dumb at any point i'm actually not very good at that i'm often a dumb guy so kind of an extension of what i've already been talking about with a different example coming up next in stone's throw heads up it's stone's throw what what oh whoa back up the truck what are you talking about is technology making us mentally ill look at me i'm stupid i can't do math This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? Every single day I do just some simple music radio for four hours. And every single day, or week I should say, every single week I do... Five to seven hours of production and uh, overall work for this podcast. And every single time that I sit down to do either one of those, I get a little stressed and just a touch of anxiety. I mean, just a dash. I mean, not much. Just because it's like, what the hell am I going to do today? How can I do this again and not be saying the same things over and over and over again? And um, and sometimes I do regurgitate things and recycle things and use things di- again in maybe a different way. And th- this show might be a perfect example of that. But my point is, is that I, I am very deliberate, though, because that's, what, that's how much time I put into it, how much thought I put into it. The broadcasting industry has started to die, started to die, been dying for 20 years because of a lot of things, which is a whole other show in itself, which I've already kind of done in the past. Part of it is, is the old boring, lazy radio mentality, which is just about everybody who's left in it, who's over the age of 45 years old. They don't do anything. They don't try. They don't, they don't, they don't put any effort into it. They do the safe, happy, 
really calm voice and the really let's not let's not rattle anybody and let's and this is an easy breezy break in this radio station and this is a great song what an incredible song that we just heard from that last band that I've actually technically never heard of who I just had to look up on Wikipedia because I don't know a damn thing about what I'm doing that kind of stuff happens all the time Talk show hosts in this country, not just this city, but certainly in this city, and radio people who are still, you know, and still in the industry all over the country, and certainly in this city, they don't have anything to say. And and even if they did, they won't because they're worried about getting fired and they're scared, and they're, so they keep things so calm and easy. This is the best song I've ever heard. This is a great band. They're called. Uh, hold on. Oh, what, 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 what are they called? Yeah, you don't know. You're you're, you're saying things are great. You're being you're being safe. Because you don't want to, you don't want to upset anybody. Well, that's fine and that's good. And it's it's kept some people. It's good in, in the case of you can keep a job for a long time. There's been a lot of people in this town and in this industry that have been able to keep their jobs because of that approach. Problem is, you you suck and no one really cares. But you know, hey, maybe the jokes on everybody else. You're still getting employed. That's why the podcasting industry is so good. That's why it's so much fun. That's why it's becoming a real thing in a real industry because people actually have things to say and they can do whatever they want. So it's um it's 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 a fun thing. So I've I've kind of I've, I've gone a long way away from where I was trying to go in this segment, but I wanted to kind of give you an idea where I was coming from to where I, where I get to this point. So when I go to the radio station, I'm not I know I I dance on a line occasionally, but I only barely dance to it, meaning I don't do what everybody else does from the, oh man, what a great song that was. That was great. If I didn't, if I don't think the song's any good, I just don't, I just don't say anything. So if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. If I think a song's great and I truly mean it, I say it's great. If I say an event's gonna be awesome, it's because I truly think the event's gonna be awesome. If I think the event's gonna suck, I just don't say anything. I balance it out, but I really do put a lot of effort into what I'm saying, when I'm saying it, and why. I'm saying it. And that's why I got so annoyed by the following story. So the other day I go to, um, and I'll leave all names out of it because there's only, there's very few names to be put into it, but it's not that important. It's the overall view of this is, is what's important. So I get a, um, a sneak peek tour of the new signal over by Finley stadium, the new music venue, which opens on Saturday night for the soft open for the uh, the sneak peek official open which is open to the public but you got to get tickets you got to get you can't can't just show up without a ticket and i get a i get a, a tour here and a part of the reason i wanted to do the tour is cuz i wanted some material for the afternoon alt 987 radio you know drive home i wanted to have something to talk about i needed more fuel ammunition so i was like this is a perfect thing to talk about i can spend all afternoon on this so i went got the tour and it was awesome. Took about 15 minutes to take a look at the place. Got some ideas of what they're trying to do. Thought it was awesome. Spent that afternoon talking about the damn signal at length for probably three or four breaks at least. Maybe even five breaks. Quite a few breaks. A little bit later on, somebody hears something and they call somebody who matters. Just leave it that way. Somebody who matters. Somebody who is who who matters to me and I matter to them. Called them and said... Who's this Brian asshole or or that asshole I know, Brian? I never found out who this was because I even said, "Don't tell me who it was," because whoever it was is now officially on my shit list, and I don't want to. I don't want to. I do not want to know. We'll just leave that one nameless. And so it says Brian's calling the signal stupid. He's like he's talking trash about your uh, the music venue on on a, on his radio show. I get a call. I'm now I'm getting blown up. Hey man, what? 
What the hell are you doing? I'm hearing you're talking you're talking trash on the radio. What's going on? Is that that can't be true? Because the person who called me knows that that's probably not true, but still had to follow up. And I said, what the hell could they possibly be? Where could they have possibly gotten that I was talking junk about this venue that I just spent the afternoon in the last day and a half crafting how I was going to approach the breaks that I did for the damn radio? So how could that possibly have happened? And I'm still just dumbfounded while I'm on the phone. And then the person says to me, oh, yeah, they said something like you said it was stupid or something. And I was like, oh, my God, you're kidding me. It's like, what? They said that I called the venue stupid. So let me back up. I don't remember how many breaks. I don't write down what I do. I don't script what I do. I don't have any script here. I have a few pieces of paper. Let's see. Four pieces of paper with some highlights and some sketches on it and a show sheet. I don't know what I said, how I said it exactly. I have an idea, but I don't know. But what I used, I think, more than one break was the old adage, keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid, and it's going to work. The design wasn't, I'm just making up stuff now. The, you know, the approach is good. The, you know, it's going to be, it looks like there's going to be good bar areas, concessions, good viewing sight lines. You know, just keep it simple, stupid. This looks real, like it's going to work. I just made that up. Something like that. What is keep it simple, stupid? Keep it simple, stupid is a design principle, which states that designs and or systems should be as simple as possible. Wherever possible, complexity should be avoided in a system as simplicity guarantees the greatest levels of user acceptance and interaction. KISS is used in a variety of disciplines such as interface design, product design, and software development. The term was first used in the U.S. Navy in 1960 and is thought to have been coined by Kelly Johnson, who was the lead engineer at the Lockheed Works. Johnson told the designers at Lockheed that their design should be simple enough to be repaired by a man in a combat situation with only some basic mechanics training and simple tools. If their products weren't simple and easy to understand, they would not only cost lives, but also quickly become obsolete in combat conditions and thus worthless. In the world of user experience design and related disciplines, the keep it simple stupid principle borrows from such a scenario and that users who tend to lead busy lives will quickly abandon a complex design. Listen, don't just hear things. We all need to stop and just make sure we're listening to people. We're listening to those around us. We're not just hearing things. And if you want to just hear things, that's fine. But don't run off and start telling people all these things that you heard because you didn't listen. And so some numb nuts took keep it simple, stupid, a very well-known adage has never had a dash of negative connotation to it whatsoever and called somebody who matters and said or texted or whatever that Brian is on the air saying that your product, the one that he you just gave him a tour of, is stupid. Found the perfect song on the way out here from... Oh yeah, the song's just called Stupid I'll just leave that right there But I mean, it's just its just infuriating It's infuriating If you don't know what you heard Don't run around screaming what it was I mean, it's just that simple You can miss here, that's fine You might not have been paying attention all that close so, What? What did he say? Call and ask me Send me a Facebook message Text me Come over and knock on the door Call me at work Ask me what I said 
I'm the most easily, not just the most easily accessible podcast in the city, I'm one of the most easily accessible people in the city. Everything I do is public. Every single thing I've got out on the internet is public. My phone numbers are everywhere. Everywhere everybody knows where I work. Everybody knows how I spend my days. I talk about it all the time. Just ask me, and I'll tell you what I was saying. If you misheard, that's fine. Just don't spread bad information. That's all I'm asking. That's all I got for this segment. I'm going to get out. So earlier this week, I went to the DMV. And the experience I had and the perception that I got from it might not be exactly what you'd be thinking. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about next on the Stone On Air podcast. Valentine's Day edition, the weekly dose for February 14th, 2018. Hang tight. I will be right back. Make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. It's a 20 to 1 shot. You're way off. Way off? Yeah. Have you been to the Motor Vehicle Bureau? It's a leper colony down there. <laughs> now, repeat after me. Power card for the DMV press. Power card for the DMV press. Or else I get gunny spoon up my ass. Everyone! Again! He's incredible. He's my hero. We got him, folks. Back to not working. Oh, nuts. And if I had my druthers, I'd screw a chimpanzee, call it. Welcome back to the show. Back in, uh, I guess it was probably 92, maybe 93, shortly after this album came out, Pork Soda from Primus. This song's called DMV. Uh, my mom got a hold of the inlay from the CD that had all the words, and she read all of it, and it horrified her. I don't know if there was even a whole lot of cuss words in it. There surely was a few. Um, and my mom being a tipper gore type, really worried about bad language. But then you you throw in the psychotic nature that is Primus and Les Claypool's brain and lyrics. I can kind of see why that might have freaked her out a little bit. If I had my druthers, I'd screw a chimpanzee. Uh, <laughs> but I went to hell. I spell it. I spell it DMV. So back in October... I um very out of characteristic uh, for me. I was speeding and didn't have a seatbelt on. And while every now and again I might do one of those two things, I rarely do them both at the same time. Not even completely consciously. It's just the chances are I, if I'm doing one of the other, I probably won't be doing both. I've talked about it at length of my impeccable driving skills. They're impeccable because it's not very difficult to do. And if you can't do it well, then you're a disaster in, in society, period. Not just on the roads. But this day I was, uh, I don't know, maybe I was in a kind of zoned out. I'm not sure. But I was going down to work and uh, going to, to downtown. I was on 27 through the construction. So I'm, I'm speeding in the construction zone, too. So that could have got me even worse. And because it was MLK that I, I, I got off and I got the ticket. 
And so I got a ticket for speeding. I think it was like 65 and would have been a 45, something like that. And I didn't have my damn seatbelt on. And dude was cool, whatever, no problem. Middle of the day, going to work, everything checks out fine. Didn't take very long or anything. So he hands me the, uh, which effectively I guess is the ticket, which is just a, you know, a carbon pink copy of everything he filled out and said, call that number in like 10 days or so. I can't remember his exact words. I think it was wait 10 days. That's what it was. It was after 10 days. So like you can't call today because it hasn't processed yet. And I thought, wait a second, you're relying on me to get with you about how this is going to get settled up? Thinking to myself here at this point. And I thought, oh, okay, cool, whatever, bro. See ya. And then left. And then I get to work and I'm looking at it and it's, you know, just uh, toss it over here. I got kind of a little pile where I toss uh, lots of different paperwork. And I'm pretty good with paperwork. I, I, I you know, I keep receipts. I keep, uh, keep everything usually of importance. I don't lose things all that often. Occasionally I do. But so I just, you know, I forgot about it. And then in the end, I did lose this. I don't know what happened to it. And so I just forgot. I forgot. I've never gotten a speeding ticket before. I've never been pulled over and given a speeding ticket. I didn't know what you do. You might be thinking, well, how foolish is that? A 37 and a half year old man doesn't know what to do if he gets a speeding ticket? Well, no. <laughs> if, you've, if I've never gotten one before, how would I know exactly what it is I'm supposed to do? So I know you can go to court, but I'm guilty as hell. Why would I go to court? I was speeding. I didn't have a seatbelt on. There's nothing to discuss here. So I, I just figured when I did think about it, which was very seldom, that I would get a, uh, you know, something in the mail. And when I got it, I'd pay it online or drop a check in the mail or whatever it is I felt like, you know, send a Venmo or whatever. I never get that. I never get anything in the mail. And so I forget all about it. Then fast forward to December, my mailbox gets knocked over and I don't get mail for about three weeks. But I also, to be fair, only go to the mailbox probably once a week at the most, probably more like just three times a month. If you knew where I lived, you'd understand it make more sense. I very rarely get anything in the mail that I need. I only go down there if I think there's something there that I need. If it's a bunch of junk in there, I can sit there for the rest of my life for all I care. And so I don't get mail for a little while. I get mail again. Then I realize something from safety and homeland security is in my mailbox. So I, uh, I check it out. I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good. And it's saying, hey, you have 30 days from today to get this settled up or your license is suspended. Well, I look at the date of the issued letter. It was December 20th. When I got this ma- this piece of mail and opened it up, it was January 25th. So the 30 days was up. So I said, well, miss that deadline too. <laughs> I'll move right along until I get my next point of action or call to action, I should say. And so just this past week, I get another one in the mail from the Safety and Homeland Security that says, your license has been suspended. You cannot lawfully obtain a license. You must discard your, you must send your license back to us. Now, it's very stern, very stern. Uh, it, it kind of freaked me out. Like, oh, geez. Like, if they caught me driving, I'm pretty sure going to jail would be the next step. So I wasn't really interested in that. So I immediately went to the courthouse, paid all the fines, wasn't even that much. Uh, in the end, this all cost me about 300 bucks. Between me being an asshole about a speeding ticket and me being an asshole about parking tickets, I'm out about 600 bucks over here. So the joke's on me. <laughs> don't don't take my flippant approach to things. Pay your damn fines. Pay your damn tickets. Because in the end, it's going to cost you you know two thirds of a, of a grand. So I get all that taken care of, and I go to the DMV, and I'm thinking this is going to be a fucking disaster. This is going to be so awful. And I get there, and um, and I get in pretty quickly not really a big deal i get up there and you know i'm 30 40 minutes tops after going to the kiosk and then waiting and filling out the stuff and talking to the lady she's being she's being pretty nice and then all of a sudden boom you have your 
birth certificate. Well, of course I don't have my birth certificate. So I think I know where it is. She's like, well, listen, I'll, if you can just get it before we close at five o'clock, then, and that was an hour and a half from there. It was about three 30. She said, just, you don't even have to get back in line. Just come over here and find me, give it to me. I'll run it through. We'll get it done for you. I thought, cool. This is all right. Now it's still not fun, but it's all right. And then her, and she's like, either me or her, her girl next to her. And she's like, but don't you come up here in four, four fifty five. I'll kick your butt out of here. Just kind of joking, being, you know, playing around. <laughs> I got you. No problem. I hear you. I run home. It's not where I think it is. I call my mom. She thinks she has it. By this point, I don't have time to get back by five o'clock. So I wake up the next day early, feel like absolute garbage, get up way earlier than normal. After I go to my mom's, get my birth certificate, go back over there and I walk in or I get there and there's a line. Hadn't even opened yet. I've been told, get there early. Well, there's a line out the door. And then now you're, everybody's hurting in there. And there's just something about it. The, the, the trashiest people, assholes like me who, who fail to pay their, their speeding tickets and other just, just kind of just low lifes overall, it, it just, it's just a really just dismal place to be. And so that's always going to be there. But that's part of where I'm going to get to as to why people are so miserable. And it's not just because the DMV people are miserable. It's because the people are there are miserable as well. But I walk in and I'm thinking, damn it, I'm going to be here for probably two hours waiting in line, getting tickets, and then having to explain what happened yesterday, getting little, you know, uh, wait in line placement tickets. And I look over and it's kind of hustling and bustling. Everybody's kind of trying to hurry and get in there. Everybody wants to get in and out as quick as possible. And I see the girl I talked to yesterday, the other day before that, and her friend right next to her. And so I thought, all right, let's just do what you should always do in any situation that's, that's you know, that's safe. Act like you own the joint. Act like you know what you're doing, and most people won't stop you. That's just human nature in the way that we all operate, unless you have a tight security on something that you're supposed to be, like, you know, absolutely have an expertise on. If you're not sure and somebody else looks like they absolutely are, then you let the person who absolutely knows what they're doing, you leave them alone, generally speaking. So act like you own the joint, and I just walked right by everybody and just kind of casually walked up to the, to, the, uh, to the booth there, and I said, hey, it's like, hey, I, you told me not to come at 4.55 yesterday, and I looked at my clock. It was 4.54, and I said, I'll just have to come back in the morning. You know, something like that. Tried to place a little small talk. Oh, hey, did you get your birth certificate? I sure did. Well, here, let me knock that out for you real quick. Boom, boom, boom. Here's your copies. Sign off. Out the door. I'm back downtown and almost to work by 9 o'clock. The place opens at 8.30. I was able to get there, get done, and get downtown in the neighborhood of 30 minutes. Before I get to why I think that 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 happened for me that way, I'm going to get to this. This is from some blog. It didn't print off the exact uh, website. Again, this is somebody. Um, oh, good. It's good.info or something like that. Uh, why you should cut disgruntled DMV employees some slack. It's well established that a visit to the DMV entails long lines, harsh fluorescent lights, and hard edge responses from the employee on the other side of the desk. But it's all too easy to blame DMV workers for policies they didn't create or forget that they're people too. A new study shows why interactions with DMV employees and other clerical workers can be so fraught and why it can feel like they are picking on people who just want to register a car. The research titled The Destructive Nature of Power Without Status concludes that people in positions with power but low social status often use their authority to demean others. The lesson is not just that power corrupts, but that putting people in demeaning roles leads them to demean others. In other words, it's a real-life reminder of the trope that misery loves company. To me, it's also a 
example of do unto others as you'd have done to you. I don't care which book it came out of, whether it was the Bible or the anarchist cookbook. That saying is very, very real. Do unto others as they'd have done, as you'd have done to you. And part of the reason you get such bad responses at places like county jail uh, uh, clerks or admissions testing or registry registries and places like that is because the people who are there are generally a bunch of assholes too. And when you have a bunch of assholes dealing with assholes, everybody's kind of an asshole to each other. So it's not just that they are awful. It's that the, the clientele and the customer base generally is awful too. Higher-end people don't seem to spend as much time at the DMV. Young people, stressed-out mothers, and stressed-out young fathers, and people who can't keep their damn license from getting suspended. Example right here, me, come down there and waste people's time because I didn't follow the damn rules. And this is happening all the time. It's a trickle-down effect there. But it's an interesting take there with the research, the destructive nature of power without status. This is used in, in, in big corporate America, in walmart America, um, where mundane, tedious, boring, uh, thankless jobs are very necessary. And at times, people are given titles or quote-unquote power that they don't necessarily deserve, but just in a setting of systematic structure. Hey, you're in charge of that. Hey, you're in charge of that. Hey, Tell them that they're now in charge of that. We'll give them a bump salary to this, but then we'll work them 500 hours a week. It's it's a vicious cycle, and it happens in government at work, and it happens in big corporate America work. I'm not trying to hate on it. I'm just saying that that's true. And if you give a bumbling, fumbling fool a little bit of power, they're going to potentially take it out on people. Why? Because people have done that to them, and they're used to that. I work in an industry that's just like that, the beer business. You don't have to have any kind of formal education to be working there. You can be the damn vice president of a multi-million dollar company of a beer distributorship if you work there for 30 years. You know, most people won't. You probably won't. But you definitely have that opportunity. Meaning people who would never be the vice president of any other multi-million dollar company can be in this one because they are industry specific. Meaning they're not necessarily all that smart. Meaning they don't necessarily manage things well. And the power without status can become problematic. Trust me, I've seen it firsthand. I've heard about it from Walmarts. I've heard about it from big uh, gas station convenience store chains. Hey, we'll bump them up to a a quote-unquote management position, let them have quote-unquote power, and then we'll work them into the ground. And then that goes to their head. Then they get stressed because of how much they're working. Then they treat people not nearly as well as they normally would. And, And then the customer, who is an asshole themselves, and you do this over and over and over again, and it's a vicious cycle. And that's the same thing that's happened at the DMV. The majority of the people that are there are there because they're effing something up or they've screwed something up or they're a kid getting there for the first time with a stressed-out mom or dad who wishes they weren't having to do this yet and where did my 16 years go and my baby's about to start driving a car? And if things don't go well today, I'm going to make sure everybody knows about it. And you deal with that every day of your life for a very small wage Even if it's fair, still what feels like maybe not where it should be because we all wish we had more money, right? Nobody walking around where you got $100 billion or $100, you want more. That's the American way. That's what we've taught ourselves as as a culture to do. I don't care what you got. You never have enough. And that's how that creates such a bad environment. But if you treat people well, you treat people with respect, you more times than not will get it back. And that's what happened in my experience down there. No, it wasn't fun. 
That was around people that were, you know, creepy looking. And yeah, nobody. It was a it was a drag of a place to be, a leper community, as uh, Jerry Seinfeld said it in the Seinfeld episode. Yeah, it was a bad experience. But I put myself in that position because I'm a dumb asshole who didn't follow the rules. And if I would have looked, I would have known that I needed my birth certificate. But I didn't look. Of course, I didn't. Why would I do that? But instead of being a dick about it and being friendly with the people I was dealing with, who I could tell they weren't super cheery people. They weren't like, oh, hey, so glad to see you. I mean, they weren't, they didn't care if it got done for me or not. But since they were having somebody who was easy to deal with, they made it easy on me because I made it easy on them. And I'm in that exact same setting at my day job. I deal with a lot of different people. And generally speaking, even if I don't like you, I'm not trying out to get you or trying to be, you know, superpower guy. Just because I can. I've been there a long time, and I do have a little bit of authoritative role in some settings. But I don't try to ever exploit that. But if you make work hard on me, if you make my day suck worse just because you're just kind of being an asshole, trust me, the next chance I get to make your day worse, you better damn believe that I'm going to do it. Is that vindictive? Is that asshole-ish? Yes, it is. And it's also common, and it's also real. So be careful how you handle people. Be careful when you're on the customer service line. Be careful when you're at the uh, the drive-through window, or you're at places where you shouldn't be surprised that the customer service isn't going to be that good. And don't be a dick about it because it's going to come back on you virtually every single time. I'm gonna put the wraps on it right there. Um, I appreciate you guys finding the show as always, and I'll do it again next week. So far, the uh, Washington D.C. show is still on. As always, funding for that has not uh, come to fruition yet. This supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone On Air podcast. We'll get to that point at some point. We'll see. Um, at Stone On Air on all social media. What else? The signal is uh, the, the the sneak peek weekend is the 17th. So if you're there and you see me, come say hello. I uh, I love talking to people who listen. Whether you're you know I've, a lot of my listeners are friends of mine from the past, and some aren't. And uh, I I it, it makes my day to hear somebody come up and say hello that they you know go out of their way to listen to this. So if you see me, definitely come say hello. You are not bothering me. I promise you that. And let's see, what else? I guess that's it. I'm out of here. Be good to yourselves and be good to other people, and things will come out better for you. And I know some people are saying, this asshole Brian's over here telling people to be nice. And 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 I get that. <laughs> I totally get that. On the way out here with the latest from the Decemberists. The song is called Severed. The new album will come out on March. I'm going memory. I think it's the 16th called I'll Be Your Girl. This is the kind of stuff you'll hear on Alt 98.7. I got to go. Truth is easy to remember. Do not be a fraud. Hashtag white lives matter. Hashtag black lives matter. Hashtag all lives matter. We'll do it again next week. See you. Bye.